Hi, it's Karen from See Me, Hear Me, Love Me, the podcast for parents of young children. And we want to share your stories and all those crazy, contradictory feelings that come with being a parent. We believe in you. You got this, even on the craziest of days. And you are most definitely not alone. Hey, listeners. The host of this podcast wants you to celebrate the messiness of life with kids. That means we don't need an expert to explain our kids to us. We just need to sit back so we can truly see, hear, and love our kids. My family has been lucky enough to attend B'nai Torah, where Karen's enthusiasm and joy for all aspects of parenting has been a breath of fresh air and always gives us hope that we can do it. Karen Deerwester believes that when we see, hear, and love the messy moments of life with kids, we're able to give our children everything they need. Karen has been a teacher, author, and a leader in early childhood education for decades. And there is nothing, nothing that doesn't make sense if we take time to connect with each child exactly where they are and right where we are with all of our messiness too. Here's today's podcast. Today's podcast is Trust Your Voice, Not Sorry. Wow, this topic came from a mom wanting to raise a daughter who feels strong, confident in her voice and her choices, though I'm sure it's extremely relevant for all children, particularly in a world where it might be easy to grow without a sense of your own needs, your own ideas, and your own sense of self. So the topic is trust your voice, speaking up, and not saying sorry for opinions, ideas, or being different, or standing alone. Kara Rosenthal chose this topic, so I'm going to let her kick this off today. We also have Trisha Feldman and Adam Gobi, who are both parents of a son and daughter of different families. So let's get started. Kara, what made this subject near and dear to your heart? Um, I think that it all started with a, just a casual conversation between the two of us um, after class one day where we I said I had been thinking a lot about an article that I read and then of course you know Google went down the rabbit hole clicked here clicked there and it was um, a New York Times article and it was about women and how often we apologize and it got me thinking um, and as I kind of clicked along I realized that there's actually been a ton of research on the topic and it's a well-known fact that women tend to apologize with a much, much, much greater frequency than men. And um, I thought to myself, okay, I know I probably do this. And I imagine myself being a strong person. And, you know, I have... Active, professional, traveled the world. I mean, you've done, you've taken Mm -hmm. risks. Yes, you you are absolutely independent, confident, and out there. Absolutely. And yet. And yet, I looked through my old emails, and I started looking through my work emails, and it all started because one day I was starting an email with, so sorry for the delay in this response, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I thought, gosh, I wonder how many times I, I do this. And I was actually really appalled when I started looking back at how often I start a professional email, a personal email, a personal text to a best friend with an apology for not having attended to whatever the topic or issue or need is at that at the most immediate moment that it was given to me. And so anyway, um, that was on my mind. And, and then I noticed my daughter 
started saying sorry a lot. And when I mean a lot, I mean dropped a pencil and go, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> or I mean, doing apologizing so compulsively and with no meaning attached. Yeah. Um, and I thought, oh, gosh, I don't really know if I'm setting her up the way that I think she deserves because she is incredibly independent and strong. And yeah. and what's and, and again, we don't have a, a professional expert researcher here today. No. But my impression of the research is, I mean, the corporate research is through the roof. And what they're saying is even when women are invited to speak at staff meetings or at professional meetings, they won't because they just know they're going to be responded to differently than a male would. The other research as it comes to children is though even these very young, these children that are vivacious and full of themselves, three years old, you start to see gender differentiations in behavior. And middle school, forget it. The girls start lagging behind. So everybody's nodding. Um, do you want to start with research or do you want to go to Adam saying, hey, I don't even know what that means or feels like. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Tell us, Adam. Yes, please. That, just from a personal point, does, as a dad, you came because you have a daughter. Yeah. But did you, do, are you, how do you, do you think that that sounds true in adult life, in our culture, in our socializing? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, it's funny, like, every culture is so different. Things, I, I work with folks in, um, in the Philippines and, and folks in India, and I hear stories that are just drastically different wherever you go, like... In, in India, like I'll hear you know different stories about you know men versus women and, and just very different cultural aspects and stuff. But here in the states, um, you know you, you see it as well. You, you see you know you look at you look at companies and you know how many of the Fortune five hundred Fortune five hundred are are, are are male versus female. Um, I like the fact that we're seeing more activity when it comes to. Uh, politics and, and public Represent- service representation across the oh, board yeah. everywhere female yeah. different minorities like it's yeah. it's it's awesome i love seeing but that but finding voice mm-hmm. knowing your voice and then putting it out there in a variety of setting circumstances is monumental and yes we all want to teach this to our children so how do you feel it as a parent and and looking at your children's interactions in the world i want to well like for me, it's um, it's a matter of making sure. So so, our son Isaac is nine, and our daughter Dylan is uh, she's seven, um, and making sure that they feel that they are valued, uh, and that their views and thoughts and opinions are valued, um, and and appreciated. Okay, right? so I'm gonna put yeah. you on the spot. Please, yeah. Um, they're they're at an age. They're the oldest children yeah. represented here today. Yeah. Do they have equal voice? In your home, in school, with playmates, do they use their voice in the same, in similar ways or different ways? That's a really interesting question because they're so different. Like they are almost like opposites. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. Which if is that's, a good reminder. Yeah. Because we all know. I mean, you have a. a <coughs> we all have different personalities represented here today, and yeah. that's an interesting nuance. Yeah. Because I do think that some of the children represented here today have a. 
have A Quiet Power, which is one of my favorite books called Quiet Power, A Power Where Introverts Can Rule the World But Still Come from a, a Solid Place. Yeah. Um, some are outgoing and daring. And, I mean, there's different st- leadership styles represented in all six of your children here. Yeah. Okay, but go and, now. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Does, and, and does, I'm glad you said does that. Does Dylan have a voice, an equal voice? She, she might have a bigger voice than Isaac. I mean, they're just, and, and not even gender-related, they just happen to be extremely different. Their personalities are so different. Um, but we try to create a household, a, an atmosphere, an environment where they feel that they can be open and honest and candid with us and share exactly how they're feeling, and we welcome that, and we, we want that. Um, Isaac is, can be... Kind of shy sometimes, believe it or not. I, I mean, I, I prefer watchful. Watchful, um, okay. So, yeah, yeah. Because so, I just think shy. I mean, yeah. shy just feels like it comes with that. You're not supposed to be that. And I just feel like no, I think it's oh, a very yeah, yeah. natural way of being in the world. I like that. Um, so I prefer watchful. Yeah. But, um, so he, he, yeah, he can be very watchful at times. <laughs> um, and Dylan, even though he's a drummer, a rock yeah, and roll drummer. I know, right? Up on stage, and and I asked him about that too, by the way. And, and he's like, oh, I've got butterflies, and they last the whole show, and then even up to an hour later, and I'm like, oh my god. All right, but there, uh, and, and that's a <laughs> wow, great side thing great. that comes from nowhere, but. When it comes to honoring who you are, doing what you want to do despite butterflies, risk, judgment, there's the secret. To be able to express, I have butterflies before, I have butterflies an hour after. But this is something I love to do, and so he finds his way through that. I think that is the capsule of everything we want to accomplish and achieve with our children, is how do you get to be who you want to be in this world and be respected for it. Okay, so let's go to uh, Trish and then we'll come back to the the places where we get caught up or where we run into the obstacles. Um, Big picture, little picture, whatever works for you. Well, I had had a really interesting situation last weekend. Uh, I was up north and was visiting and traveling with a friend and my son, who's five and a half, and um, my friend was raised, uh, you know, in a very traditional, uh, strict setting. Children uh, should be seen and not heard. Precisely. Um, Which is the exact opposite of voice. <laughs> precisely. And, 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 I, and I don't want to do that shameless plug, but the whole point of the Entitlement Free Child book is mm-hmm. that you can have voice know you're part of something bigger than yourself, it doesn't mean be invisible. It means be confident and assertive, but knowing that other people also have opinions and needs that offset yours. So I don't want, I don't, I'm not saying, oh, just like plow through the world indiscriminately. But so, yeah, of course, I take issue with being seen and being seen and not heard. It's it's fascinating that, um, so uh, the timing of this is actually impeccable. Okay. Um, So... I have, my husband and I have made a very conscientious effort to give our son and now daughter who's, who's finding her voice very quickly, <laughs> very quickly, um, but uh, our son a voice to really f- make him feel as though we take him seriously as a person, his thoughts, his needs, his concerns, every, his voice is heard. And so... He will say, and actually, so he, he said to my friend, Auntie, I don't like the way you're speaking to me harshly. I feel like you're, you're speaking rudely to me. 
Wow. Wow. He said that, but he has said that to her before, and I, I will say this. Um, she has a strong bark, and um, by in no way, shape, or form am I the type of parent. First off, she's a close friend. She's godmother to both of my children. Um, absolutely, I want her to have, you know, a free communicative rapport with both of them. She may respond honestly if she like, sort of. Right. Well, <laughs> well, she uh, she unleashed her honesty oh. to, in fact, uh, so much so that I, I gave uh, my dear friend a, a topic for a parental blog forum in a couple days based on my experiences. So um, my son's honesty with her, and, and so he would sometimes say, Sometimes address me, often address her, but sometimes he would approach me. I don't, I don't like what Auntie's saying right now. I don't like what she's saying, and I don't like the way she's speaking to me. And I would, I would turn to him and I said, "Okay, I'm, I'm hearing you. I want you to speak to her. Let her, let her answer you." And now, in no way is it, you know, sometimes the answer has to be no for whatever reason. It doesn't mean at all that I'm overly permissive or that, you know, I expected her to stoop down. Oh, no, I'm so sorry that, you know, I, I've upset this precious, precious little angel. Well, um, it culminated in my friend then, I guess maybe perhaps she was triggered. Um, at, she has no children of her own. She unleashed on me uh, actually quite a tirade and was... Um, quite critical and and certainly found her own voice about my parenting about my son essentially um essentially putting it out there that she felt as though she's like it's impossible for an adult to be rude to a child she's like it's impossible so so well, she's like i just don't even understand everybody how- here is <laughs> everyone here Whoa. is Whoa. Their hands to their mouths, and and so and then she said, it, she she un, unleashed screaming actually at me. It is absolutely impossible for an adult to be rude to a child. Now I was just kind of in shell shock, but like just taking all this right. in. I was like, wow, I'm this is really rich. Listen, I'm trying to, hear I'm trying to listen, and I, I this is rich. And no, I mean, yeah, I even said, and, and I was proud of myself for not apologizing. However, I did say, you are completely valid to feel how you feel. Okay, so you know what? You wouldn't raise your child, if you had one, uh, the same way that I'm choosing to do. So I think you know me well enough to know that in no way, shape, or form uh, am I overly permissive or am I trying to create these rude, disrespectful, disregarding individuals. Um, If you have a problem with what he is saying, then feel free to then reply, well, you know what? I disagree with you. Like, feel free to engage him in a dialogue, obviously. obviously, Because she doesn't... And and I'll make this kind of a a theoretical conversation since I don't know. But, But part of, I think, what happens in these exchanges is... When you have someone that doesn't look at a child with equal voice, yes, a child's voice could never, never. be on the same level as an adult voice. There's the whole dynamic. And again, that happens in gender issues. That happens yes. in, in all kinds of issues where your yes. voice isn't equal to mine. No. You don't have the same income that I have. You don't have the same prestige that I have. I mean, this, this gets played in a lot of ways, and it's real easy for this to play out ch- from, from an adult to a child. Yes. So we're grateful 
that she has helped us understand where some people of the world who are not comfortable with children's voice come from. And this could happen. And, and just to, to make try to stretch this for the broadest yeah. um, conversation, Yes, there will be teachers that do not want children having opinions about how classrooms are run or sports. You know, there are people that just don't want to hear what a child thinks or believes. Adam's looking at me like, really? I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I mean, it, what, it, you're blowing my mind because at least, well, you're yeah. right, by the way, in, you know, I'm in the real world, like that's that's how it is, and, and there are a lot it of it could happen. Like folks you said, like that. you're in great schools. You're in you're yeah, in a but very like, progressive community yeah. where nobody would dare. Um, and and again, here's the double-edged sword of this. I'm I'm just hi- I'm I'm projecting. I'm guessing because I don't know the reality. But you have school-age kids in a community where parents are going to stand behind their children's voice in sports, in programming, in extracurricular, in schools, and so. And then that gets misinterpreted as, oh, those entitled kids. And they aren't entitled kids. They are just parents respecting children who are ready to respect whatever else's point of view needs to be respected. But there's going to be conflict. Mm -hmm. There's and there's and I think that brings it right back to Kara's original. Why do women sugarcoat it, tap dance it? walk around it is because we're avoiding conflict we are we, we don't want to upset anybody we don't want to we if we had to stand in our own voice we might not have the power behind it right and yet at the same time it is sort of about power too right so, so like when I when I, power, I when I feel like I am giving this apology for probably undoubtedly an unnecessary reason I feel like I'm also extending a particular power which is saying I know how you're feeling in this moment and so let me get out ahead of it and and get on the same wavelength with you and that, I think that's where like the rub happens because right like th- there's something about it that makes you think that you're extending a certain amount of empathy and that that should be respected because you're being in tune and sensitive um, I mean, even today I did this. I, I have now, because we're moving to Puerto Rico, this crazy, you know, insurance, health insurance thing. And I went to a doctor here today and she had to take like a few extra steps to figure out the insurance because it partners with Aetna. Long story short, I was like, I'm so sorry you have to do this. I'm so sorry that I have this insurance. And then I said, why am I saying I'm sorry that I have this insurance? Like, I don't, what am I doing? And but why? And and what's, the, why? what's the other way to say it? The other way to say it is sorry to make more work for you. Oh no, no, I'm sorry to make more work for you. You're just like, I can know you believe can you insurance? How crazy bureaucracy this is. These exactly. Days. How crazy. It's how this hard is. your job must be with new insurance planning. Right. It's empathy versus apology. Right. Exactly, yes. and that's what. And so then it makes me think. This is where I got really wrapped up, and this is why I was thinking so hard on it the day I saw you. Is then after watching my daughter drop this pencil and say sorry, 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 I thought, wow, you know. There's also a real importance in the weight of our words, right? That th- that words should have meaning, and I, I mean, I catch myself doing this all the time, even 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 with my husband, where you know, I, before I I try very hard to think about the words that are going to come out of my mouth before they do, which is a great skill. It is, and 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 whether you're two, five, or 
35, all of that matters. And educating my children, boy and girl alike, I, I hope that they always understand that words are powerful in and of themselves. And so really understanding how to use words to express something. I mean, apologizing isn't a bad thing, right? Like apologizing for the right reasons because you've to done be sorry something about. wrong oh, yeah. is actually very strong. Yes. But strong. apologizing for who you are or what you think or what you believe or, or how even just you feel. have a good communication. I mean, it's like I feel like I've gotten to that point where I'm trying to have a good interaction socially sometimes where I just say, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that I'm making a little more work for you in your day. And, and again, I will say, <laughs> it's silly. Um, you know, it's, it's this, it's, and, and it comes to Adam's point about cultural things. And we're coming, we're going to weave all of this together at some point. <laughs> but, it's, but, it, but it's also this idea that it is polite to apologize if it's taken with respect and not picking away at someone's power or or standing in the conversation or in an or, or in an interaction, and and I think and, and so the other thing I think of is you know we used to have this old cliche and and so I don't want anybody to take any of this as prescriptive or you know throw out the baby with the bathwater, <laughs> but we used to have this old cliche that says and it has nothing to do with this conversation but I think it's a good analogy don't do anything for a child that they can do for themselves because you're robbing them of the opportunity to be responsible independent and blah blah blah, but. What kind of person would I be if I didn't say, can I help you with that? Can I get you this while I'm going to the kitchen? You know, there is something about being kind yeah. and generous <laughs> right. and connected. But So with the apology, there's nothing wrong with saying you're sorry until you've said it so many times that you approach the world without the same confidence. Now, you have confidence, yeah, but no. what you realize is, I'm not as confident in my messaging. I, right. I, I, and as you said, there is everything about this is about how it's received. And so you're also underestimating if your whole life is tap dancing. You know, and I, and I only saw a couple minutes of Edith Bunker last night, and I did have to turn it off. But if, but if you're running around going, I'll do this, I'll do this then little by little, <laughs> Nobody even knows who she is anymore. <laughs> there is a point where you you think that the world, no matter how strong and confident you are, won't accept your strength and confidence. And so it's this idea that you cannot, uh, you in order to be truthful and stand in your truth, your honesty, your needs, you have to believe that somehow that other person will respect and honor you. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter until it matters, but when it matters, it really matters. Um, so I think part of the trick is how do we hold on to, you've given us this great multi-layered, <laughs> how to maintain the empathy, how to maintain that respect and sensitivity, thoughtfulness, kindness, politeness and still stand strong and confident in our truths. So let's cycle back to when it's not received well, mm -hmm. and, and whether it's that particular situation or others, um, do you have a, a good positive, has this worked out yet? No, okay. in fact, uh, so I have, I, I'll, I'll say that I've 
not, I'm not fully in a state of shock. It's as though part of me expected this. But you need on time. Some level, need I need time. time. Yep. And so, I, and I'm actually um, allowing myself the time to process, digest, and and um, and not emotionally react. Not emotionally right. react. I, I certainly don't <clears throat> want to react in anger or any a kind of unkindness. I have, I have no desire to retaliate. I feel sad certainly um i also feel um and not in a punitive sense but i it makes me have to reevaluate the role that this individual plays in my children's lives to feel misunderstood Mm -hmm. to feel judged to feel like there's been this underlying judgment that hasn't been spoken but wait let me let me come let's put that over there for now how's jack handling it What's well, Jack's, Jack's been fine. Uh, what is he? What's his? Where is he? Do you think in his response to that? Um, well, she, complex moment. Yeah, she really. She he was busy with a video when she unleashed herself. Um, but I I take I that's one thing that I take incredible issue with because uh, I have to admit I'm appalled by the lack of self control. Um, I don't care if he was occupied with the video. She lost it. He, she lost he tunes it. <laughs> in and out. Oh. Right. He tunes in. So he could have, who knows what he. Okay. So what you he, haven't asked no. him anything about And he that. hasn't said anything. So I will, I'm not going to bring it up right now while I'm still in the digestion okay. mode. Yeah. Um, if he approaches me about anything, certainly we will discuss it. Um, but I also, um, She's been in touch with me uh, a few times about uh, innocuous things, and I, I she's, she's testing waters. She's yeah. testing waters, but also uh, this was also uh, very eye-opening for me because it, it the way in which it was handled and some things that were said also uh, it's it's very clear to me that um, <clears throat> if she had a greater respect for me, it wouldn't have been handled as such. And, and there might be. Healing and a process to take yeah. this. You know, there might there. I I, I think don't give up. No. Um, but I, but what you what you have brought into this conversation that I did not anticipate <laughs> is I'm thinking this is going to be a conversation parent to child on building them up, helping them understand themselves, and what you've helped us to see very quickly is that. It's not just about what happens in that bubble. It's yeah. about how you are responded to in the world. Right. So I want, I'm going to, but I have one thing I want to just say, and that is sure. how would I, what you've brought in is not only are we talking about what do you want, think, feel, believe for a child as part of that self-awareness process of finding a voice, but now you also have an issue of conflict resolution. Right. That, that if you are truthful and if you challenge others to meet you in a genuine place, mm-hmm. there, there might be conflict conflict, disagreement, um, difference in values, difference in judgment, misunderstandings, all of this. So if I'm sitting here in a classroom in early childhood, what I'm going to end up saying is describe both positions. You know, I'm going to sit and say, you wanted to say this, this, and this. You did not intend to be rude, to be um, disrespectful. You were trying to express what? And then, and get that out. And then you go to the other person and you say, you felt like like you were being challenged and 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 that's unfortunate because that made 
the conversation take a horrible turn. So how how can we get you back? How can we get you to, if you need to, let's say if they're in a classroom, they're in a continuing relationship as a coach, as a teacher, as a, as a, as a sibling, <laughs> you know, because one sibling might be, excuse the phrase that's not, I don't mean this, it's bullying another, you know, it, there's a lot of, so if, if we're going to talk about finding voice, we're also going to talk about responses to bullies who, who overpower us. So there's a lot to it. And, and so it becomes a problem solving exercise. And let's stand back and look at both points of view. And then, and my favorite thing, and it works with three year olds and up, is, well, it works a little bit with 18 month olds, where I'll say, what should we do? And they have no idea what we should do at two, but they'll be like, clearly something and if you don't know I don't know but they get the but they understand I hear you both I see you both I will help this de-escalate and I will guide and steer you to some sort of equilibrium again and so and but with threes fours five school age you can say what are we gonna how are we gonna solve this and they're gonna give you 10 nonsense crazy self-serving answers Mm -hmm. Um, but eventually they will get to one that's workable or has a thread of workability and so thank you because this is where we need to go if we're going to find our voice we're going to come up against other people's voices please can i just say that's so impressive that your son not only had the words to articulate how he was feeling but he was able to say how he was feeling to this grown-up uh, that is really impressive. They're not... He's five? He's five and a half. They're not he's a five-year-old. He's yeah. articulate. <laughs> like, he's deep thinking. That's incredible. And Thank but you. and and so if he were... A, if, if, if there was a... If it was closer to the incident, yes. I would automatically jump in. But again, you can't because it would have escalated for you and right. you couldn't let that happen. But, but to be able to say, you know what? She thought you were rude. I know you weren't being rude. Um... And, and sometimes she does this, this, and this. I mean, you can do it with grandparents, you know, I, I, and not, I mean, of course, grandparents today are, are thoughtful and, and youthful, but I always think of an old crotchety grandparent that's there at a holiday that's just, you know, scaring the children. <laughs> but but there, are these, there are those characters that are, that are rough on the edges. Maybe it's your neighbor. And you want to be able to help them feel to help your children feel like I don't have to be afraid of anyone. If I need help and assistance, I can get it. If I don't understand the way someone's speaking to me, I could ask. There, there's so many ways because I want to honor. I, the thing I worry about with our new world um, that I think has evolved over the last 20 years is personality options have gotten narrower and narrower. Mm-hmm. Quirkiness has become um, more, 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 um, pe- the lanes are getting narrower that we're supposed to live in. And so I want to honor the quirkiness of the world, but I also don't want anybody to be hurt by it. Right. So the, so the question is, how do we do both? Um, uh, can I just, I, I do have to throw this in because mentioning the grandparents, this was a special memory. My, my very, he is very articulate, profound son. Um, my mother was speaking very harshly to my father. I did not bear witness to this. My mother uh, reported this back to me. 
that my son kindly but firmly said to her, Nanny, you're speaking very harshly to Poppy. The way you're speaking to him, it's as though you don't want to be married to him. <laughs> wow. I love it. I love okay. it. I love this kid. Me too. Like, where's he? Bring him to the podcast. So oh, he would. <laughs> and the struggle becomes, you know, I mean, and again, depending on, on how... He's sorting the world. Yeah. He's trying to understand, and you've given him a role, role models of, of, of mature communication. He's not going to find that in the world everywhere. And so, I, I, and again, I'm going to throw this out there just as another response, but you could say, Jack, love that you have a great ear, that you're tuned in to, to respectful communication. However, you don't have to be the word police. You don't have to be the communication police out there. People understand and love each other even though they don't sound like it all the time. Because sometimes your sister might say that to you. Or, so, you know, you might, you might soften his uh, righteousness. <laughs> maybe, but also, like, maybe, it, yeah. maybe with him saying that, maybe it gave both of them some pause to, like, think about how they were communicating with yeah. each other. And you've yeah. got this five-year-old who is observing this and witnessing it and and how it's making him feel yeah. and it could give them time to like like maybe that night like you know reflecting on yeah. what they were saying and and it's okay to say not everybody you know daddy and I took a lot of time and effort to make sure we speak politely to each other not and, and so and not every family talks the way we talk because that it's he's going to be he's going to be confused at some point yeah. on is it okay mm-hmm. and and that's a hard question you know yeah. like is it okay and who gets to decide if it's okay well it's it is really hard you know there's going to be a lot of audience analysis <laughs> required your entire <laughs> life and and i think it, it's just <clears throat> going to have to be communicated to to all of our children because you are children, not everyone is going to offer you the same degree of respect. That is not right. Well, but let, 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 let me just also understand that. Your auntie is also, even if if I see a, another couple that's that's a friend that's speaking differently than I find comfortable. Right. What are my options in saying, I'm not comfortable with this. Right. I may not want to go out with you. Right. Or... They're just really different people than we are. Yes. So it's you. There. I don't. I mean, of course, I don't know the answer. We and and so it may not be they don't like hearing it from a child. I know. I'm sure there's friends I can't say that to. Right. No. No friend that I know really. <laughs> but I'm. Just, you know. But yeah. theoretically, it may not be a child not having a voice. It is. How do we choose our own language? And also, yeah. I just keep thinking, but when you started kind of the story of what happened with your friend, you started by saying that she grew up in a very strict home. Mm-hmm. And in a way, right, you're just, you're kind of highlighting her own childhood as the way that she may feel comfortable communicating with the yes. child. And so that kind of brings you back to what you were saying. There may come a point where you have to accept that as a just a fundamental difference and then respect her for having the 
the courage to express herself in that space and uh, or you know it's, it's but very it complicated mutual but I think that the thing that I keep hearing like everyone keeps saying the word that keeps coming out is communication 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 so maybe that's really what this podcast is about because it's it's maybe not about it's maybe it's maybe not even about feeling comfortable like I feel like we have we're, we're raising it sounds like we're raising and we're hopefully achieving this we're raising empowered kids right like we're taking an active interest in their lives. We're here. We're we're here on whatever night of the week this is. You know, right. doing a podcast to to help ourselves and each other and others who are going to listen, um, who are active parents, right? But so culturally, there's a lot of different parenting styles in the world, and also just different norms that would kind of restrict or enhance that communication, right? So it's not even about really wanting to raise children who feel they have a voice and whatever. It's about helping them find the communication and in interactions yes. that makes it comfortable for them to have because their voice, voice is about being heard as well. Right. It's see me, hear me, love me. But it goes both sides. So it is this idea, if I'm going to have a voice, I also have to choose a voice that will be heard. And that's where you started us with the empathy. Right. You know, when, I'm, when I am couching my politeness in, in a female style. Right. But again, there is that other thing that says if men spoke, if it wasn't a power imbalance in the workplace, then your voice would be understood it's sorry <laughs> i'm pointing to adam but it's no. only when there's a power imbalance where somebody might exploit your politeness or your timidity or your quietness or mm -hmm. your respectfulness if somebody's going to steamroll over you then then so it, it is about voice being heard and how do i let, let, let me shift the question we, so we've got voice We've got communication. We've got problem solving. So I think my, my next question is, how do you teach your children, equip your children to use that voice, that communication, that problem solving from a place of strength? And, 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 and I don't want to, a different word for power is just standing in truth. Or in, how do you give them that? groundedness how do you give them that you know it's it's the difference between the the, the flailing and the wind the wishy-washy foundation the versus here's who i am with vulnerability mm -hmm. with weaknesses and strengths with something to bring to the table whether it's in school whether it's at a game whether it's an opinion whether it's sitting with friends whether how do you help them stand against the wind. Okay, and this is where I wish Yaffa Englander was here. Yeah, yeah. Because here is a child who grew, and the parents, and, and one tip that I know works is, what do you want to do about that? How do you want to solve that? First, they have to have responsibility. And this comes right to your school-age kids hugely. If you're solving their problems, if you're being a fixer, if you're being their voice, they will never have that, that groundedness to go find and take 
follow their hearts, follow their leads. I watched this young adult not fit everyone else's box, but advocate for herself, always knowing somebody was, would have her back. That's what it is. It's, it's, I think the only thing I keep thinking when you're asking this question is just about being a true support for your children. That doesn't mean not ever telling them that they're in the wrong or did something you know, disappointing or whatever, but I think it's about letting them know that you will always, always support them. I mean, look, I kind of was outside the box in a lot of ways for my whole life <laughs> and uh, you know every time I was supposed to be starting one school or program I was off like on a tv show or an adventure or a thing because this opportunity this once in a lifetime opportunity came and then another once in a lifetime opportunity came my poor parents I mean the number of times I deferred <laughs> law school don't worry I made it though so I'm a lawyer it happened um so but I think the thing is my parents every time I me, they'd be like oh Cara but they never 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 ever were not my biggest cheerleaders and I mean it's the truth but it's not empty cheerleading no it's it's it was the hard parenting it was it's the hard me. parenting tell talk to me about hard for your age children for your age children and your age children what do you need you I want you to answer your own question <clears throat> how do I help both my children um I think that the the best thing I can do, and I mean, I'm the newest to the game in this room, so I think the thing that I have kind of come to terms with is that I don't parent exactly like anyone else I know, and I think it's just mostly circumstantial, but what I've decided is not to spend a ton of time talking at them or trying to impart wisdoms. My, my bigger thing has just been letting them lead me, you know, within reason, of course, and I'm not going to watch them put their hand on a open flame, you know, but, but maybe letting them lead me and being consistent in allowing that to shape our, our lives. And I think, Yes, yes, and yes, and yes. And the other thing I hear in that that I know is the truth underneath all of this, and that is by you not trying to put yourself in a box, by you not second-guessing everything you do, you show them how to do it. Right, because so it's leading by example. It's leading by rather example. Rather than by... the role models. Rather yeah. than saying how it should be, you know... And again, I you can, you might not be the talking it. parent. Somebody else might be. It's okay. Absolutely. But not apologizing. Not apologizing for who you are and the choices, the best choices you make each and every day. You Until you know better, it doesn't matter. You do your best and you stand by it. Right. And, and that each child gets to do that. Here's... The best decision, is, is that the best decision you could have made? Okay, then. We might, we're going to figure out a better one for tomorrow because right. that one sucked. Right, right. <laughs> well, and, yeah, I think, yeah, it's but, about but, it, but it's okay. You've given us two kernels of truth, and one is, live, first, don't apologize. Do it your way, but, but give them that clarity that you give on a regular basis. Trish. What's important for you to help them? St I mean, you've, you've just lived through it, and you've had to assess. I mean, and you did assess. You looked and went, I mean, I think what you looked at and was like, he's fine. 
He's not, he's not questioning him. He feels really good in his voice. He may or may not understand the tirade that came at him. He doesn't even have questions about it yet. So did you just assess and then go, no, we're fine. They know who they are. I mean, I know with Lila, if I may say, you know, when she was coming into separation, you know, here was a, a child. I looked, we laughed at it yesterday. I looked, I said, I don't know how she's going to do. I don't know. She, you, you are a very attachment mother. You are bonded. You are nurturing. You are attentive. And she was at your side when we were first beginning. And you gave her that strength and, and, and solidarity. And I went, let's watch and see. I'll read her signals as we go and you looked at me and she was superstar for four months she led the class I think we waited a little bit longer because I wasn't sure you wanted to go out and you're like I can go I'm like all right let's do it see what happens. <laughs> so but what we did was we watched we assessed and went what do they need I'll give them what they need so now tell them tell it to me in your words how you help them respond to Mm, making the choices that aren't always the popular choices? Um, I'm Well, I'm trying to really lead by example. I uh, even, even just like, uh, well, you know, I'll use an example of um, where Jack's going to camp this summer. I, uh, part, of, part of where we chose for him to go to camp, it's, it's very much tailored to his interests, but it's almost conscientiously not where almost everyone he knows is going and so much so that he's cognizant he even said to me mom he said to me a few times mom why is it that i'm not going to xyz camp everyone i know is going there and i said well the truth is our travel plans during the summer conflicted with the schedule and i didn't think that was the initial reason why i didn't look into it but I said, I'm going to be really honest with you. Now that I know that pretty much everyone you know in, in the different schools you've attended is going, pardon me, is really happy you're not going because I want to give you new opportunities to, to find your interests and make new friends because you've shown me that you, you find yourself in new situations and you get settled and you can make friends. And that's such a great skill to have and that's going to help you so much next year at kindergarten. <laughs> okay. That's a nice idea, you know. And then, and then he said, "Well, we'll see how this summer goes." <laughs> still loving him. Still loving him. <laughs> we'll see how this goes, and you know, if I like it, if I like it, and if I don't, then maybe next year I'll go to that other camp. He's like an adult. Like, yeah, for sure. It's for great, sure. though. It's yeah. so great. He's a, a, a little philosopher. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I love that. But but again, and I do think that part of that communication. And that problem solving is mistake making, risk taking, because you can't have a voice or a sense of yourself without being able to fail. And uh, listen, this is what I know from my own life experience. I am almost 41 years old and I am literally just finding my voice now. Hmm. I want my children to find their voices and have them heard much earlier and so I am trying to do everything I can to empower them and also try and lead by example and and move myself out of fear and uncertainty and practice what I'm trying to preach to them take it can, can I ask a question sure. I mean because it's probably adults listening to this podcast yes. yeah I thought that was fascinating what you just said and 
you know, we don't all know each other. Yeah. Um, we, we, we just, we just met. met tonight. <laughs> we, just, we, we just met, but um, you know, I'm, I'm, we're the same age, and you just recently found your voice in, in life, and I think that could really resonate with folks listening to this podcast. Like, so did something change in your life? Like, how do you think you came about? And I know we're talking about children, but like, mm-hmm. as an adult, I, I, like, it, like, what what changed? What happened? What did you start focusing on? Like. I hope, um, uh, well, I, I, I'll be very succinct. I'm going to try really hard to be super succinct. <laughs> I have known my entire life, first off, I was born into a family that pretty much had absolutely no interest in hearing my voice. And there's a, there's a chance that one or both of my parents may listen to the podcast. And that's totally fine. They just laughed, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if there's going to be laughter, but that's fine. That's fine. Um, there was no interest in hearing my voice. I recognized at a very early age, like, I don't fit in. I don't belong. I know I belong... Within the family? Yes. Okay. I know I belong somewhere at probably not here. That's okay. That said, I I am... I very much love both of my parents. I have relationships, of course, with them and my brother. Um, But I knew I was a fish out of water. Um, I was actually just saying this to someone the other day. In my late 20s, I put myself into therapy. Actually, uh, not it was when I was 28 when my beloved grandmother passed away. Mm. And, uh, I mean, that was kind of the impetus, even though I knew I always had to put myself in therapy because I had debilitating anxiety. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a very high-functioning anxious person, <laughs> but I also knew this is... I don't have to live like this. This is this is good for you. Yeah, I don't have to do this. So it's yeah. it's been a long, 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 long journey. Can I just um, just insert one thing? Kind of had a busy couple days. Um, so I had an experience this morning that was very out of source, and I'd like to think kind of um, you know leading by example. And of course, I was slightly late in coming here because my son was overhearing me update my husband about it a little bit and then he was like mom what happened yeah. and da, 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 da. of course he wanted to be debriefed um i stood up to a bully in person in real time for the first time in my life today thank you yeah, thank you. Um, i was just real quick i was at um this uh very informal kind of tennis clinic match and um, brought in by friends of mine. I have actually never played tennis in my life, though I started taking lessons a few months ago. I'm finding and tapping my inner athlete. (laughs) Uh, And so even though I was having tremendous anxiety going into this, I said, I'm I'm fighting through this anxiety. Here I am. Let's play. Okay. So enter um, a mean girl. It was literally like setting the stage for like, like, Mean Girls, the sequel of Parkland, Florida. So uh, a mean girl comes in, and like I knew it was coming. It was like a dark cloud coming. And then uh, when we all got paired up as a team, she sauntered over, and, and not even like that subtly. She's like, oh, the loser team. Okay, I, I could feel clicks going off in my head. I'm like, I don't know if these are like fireworks. Like, what's happening? Kept myself calm. 
I approached one of the coaches who I've taken private lessons with. Yes, I'm going to keep going real quick. Uh, told her, told the other one, whatever, whatever. And I said, I, I, and I even said, I'm going to be on a podcast tonight about not apologizing. So I'm not going to apologize. I just want to let you guys know this is what happened, but I don't want to create an uncomfortable situation. Oh, okay. So then I approached her afterward and I just, I just <laughs> said, no, I'm not going to apologize. And you know what? No. I'm going to speak the truth. So I said, you know what? I heard loud and clear what you said, and that was so nasty and so uncalled for. And then I actually like announced it to the group. Then I will, we'll just add this real quick because we're running out of time. Um, I did excuse myself in a very uh, composed manner, and then I cried uh, all along. <laughs> I cried really hard in the privacy of your You had built up, you know, emotions. Yeah, that's yeah. just yeah. built up. But I said, and no here more. would have been my conjecture, but you took it full circle. Thank you very much, Karen. I tried. What it is is my answer for you to Adam's you. question but I think it's true for everybody out there oh. you find your voice when you become a parent oh boy yes because all yes. of a sudden you yes. have a new reason yes so Adam you get to do your the wrap up for all oh, of us oh yeah how do you help your children stand in who they are and what they believe yeah. and what you believe you know I'm going to give a shout out to my wife Dahlia she um you guys ever watch the show The Goldbergs? Yeah. Yes. Right? Great. So so Dolly is like Beverly Goldberg. Oh, she's right? a helicopter she, mom? Yeah. Oh, so she's boy. like past PTO president. Oh, <laughs> I should have been here with Dolly. Oh, oh she, that's weird. Oh yeah, no, but we're, we're oh, still around. We're okay, still members. Yeah. yeah, she is. She's like a smother, right? I, <laughs> I, I love that. Like that's amazing. Sorry, Dahlia, I do oh, not concur. That is amazing. <laughs> but, um, she and I are literally probably like on right? the sides of the coin. Oh, okay. It sounds like it, doesn't it, Karen? <laughs> and she, oh my gosh, she is so invested in Isaac and Dylan and, and the entire family. And she is like I, I'm. I'm working a lot, and she is. She's has the, the you know the ability to have the time to uh, to spend more time with with Isaac and Dylan. And she is. Um, you know, it's funny because she's tough. Like she is tough with them. Um, she sets really clear expectations. She holds them accountable. It sounds like work, right? Like, you know, with associates, yeah, you, set, yeah. you set expectations, you hold them accountable for their performance, but that's how she is. And with all of that comes this blanket of love and support and encouragement. And that's where they get their voice from and, and to, to feel that, that confidence in, yeah. in the world. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, the research it's, supports that a thousand percent. What's the key? High expectations so they can find their fullest potential and unconditional love so they can strive for it. Mm -hmm. I love you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. So that's the mess for today. We appreciate you listening to See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. Seeing little people learn and grow. Listening to parents taking a crazy, uncertain journey. Loving the fun and loving the mistakes. You write the rules. You write your story. We just want to be part of the conversation. But in the end, we know you got this. We'll catch you next week. Take care. Wait, wait, wait. One more thing. If you liked our podcast, please tell a friend. Or even better, write us a review at iTunes. We'd also like to invite you to join us on Facebook. That's with me, Karen Deerwester. And check out the parenting resources at FamilyTimeInc.com. You'll also find us on Twitter at at FamilyTimeInc. And Instagram at Karen underscore FamilyTime. 
Thanks for listening today. Thanks to everyone at B'nai Torah Congregation for this wonderful space. Thanks to Darren Littman for the great intro. And thanks to the front and the follow for the song Listen. We are listening. See you next week.